Penn State's big win over Minnesota not only highlighted the weekend of Big Ten football, but also kept the power where it needed to be to best help the conference. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every single weekday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you in part by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineups of games across the Big Ten, but also ACC, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch up on the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games that they have all season long. It's Sling, the TV you love, for a price you'll love. Try it out today. As we get into the week here on Locked On Big Ten, of course, we're going to go over the biggest games from over the weekend, including Illinois and Wisconsin, or I'm sorry, Purdue and Wisconsin, and then also Penn State and Minnesota. We'll start off with the Nittany Lions and the Gophers, the biggest game from the weekend, if you ask me, and I think just about anyone else who follows this conference. Penn State coming off the big loss to Michigan, looking to bounce back, while Minnesota tries to get itself back on track. Gophers had lost two in a row, had not looked great in both of those games, but also it had some excuses to not look so great either. It had an excuse in this game too. Tanner Morgan not playing. Instead, Ethan Kalik Manis comes in for Minnesota, and he really just wasn't able to do much of anything. Uh, the big stats from the game to know. 45-17, to of course, the final score in favor of the Nittany Lions at the whiteout. Sean Clifford was great. 23 of 31, 295, four touchdowns, one interception. On the other side, Kalik Manis was 9 of 22, 175 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Mo Ibrahim did his thing for Minnesota, 30 touches, 102 yards, and a touchdown. But Minnesota really just only had him on that side of the football. Nick Singleton was good for Penn State, 13 carries for 79. Catron Allen was just as good, 15 carries for 77 on the ground. Penn State did just about everything it wanted on offense. We'll get to that in a second. This was a game where Minnesota really did just need Tanner Morgan to have any kind of shot. Not that Tanner Morgan would have necessarily taken over and won this game for the Gophers if he was in there, but he's the game manager, right? He's the guy who's been the proven quarterback, and when you're throwing just a guy like Callie Manis out there in this big of a game, on this kind of a stage, to make really his first big appearance in college football, it's just a recipe for disaster. And Minnesota was not able to get anything going through the air. The ground game was fine. Again, only 102 yards on 30 carries is indicative of, well, a team that was very obviously going to be running the football all day long. He did what he could in the running game. The Gophers put together 17 points, which I guess isn't too terrible given the situation here. You would have loved to have seen just Tanner Morgan play in this game, though. 
because these are two teams that if they're fully healthy, I think put on a really good show. And instead we saw Penn State just run over the Gophers in one that wasn't really all that close. Uh, I'm starting to get a little bit concerned about Minnesota's defense. This is now a third straight loss for this team. And while the offense has been the bigger concern when you look at the final scores, as I mentioned, you had Ibrahim not there against Purdue. You had Tanner Morgan not here against this uh, Penn State team. The offense has excuses in ways that I don't really think the defense has that many of. And Minnesota partly was thought of as a team that could be so good because it was supposed to be well-rounded. Good on offense and good on defense. Maybe not overpowering in either, but really good in both to the point where you thought that they could win the Big Ten West. When you're talking about what this means going forward for both teams, Minnesota's chance at that is pretty much done. They've got three Big Ten losses already, and the two teams that they really need to overcome the most, Illinois and Purdue, they've already lost to. So that means you're looking at having an Illinois team that has to lose at least three times, a Purdue team that has to lose at least twice, while Minnesota also goes unbeaten the rest of the way to even have a chance. And then everything else plays out the way it needs to as well. So Minnesota's shot at the Big Ten West is kind of done now, which is a really, really shocking thing to kind of have to tell the Gopher fans just because just a few weeks ago, we were saying not only can this team win the Big Ten West, but is the clear-cut favorite here. And when you're talking about just talent on the roster, maybe Minnesota is still that for me. But the standings here don't lie. And Minnesota has missed its chance to really have a shot at winning this division. Right now, it's Illinois and it's Purdue. And there's not really any way for Minnesota to say that they have any real shot at clawing their way back into it. It stinks that it happened this way for the Gophers with there being so many injuries and players out, but that's part of the football game. And Minnesota had a really, really tough way to have their hopes of postseason success in the Big Ten really kind of just wither away. On the Penn State side, however, this really does, I think, keep things in balance in the Big Ten. Because if you're looking at what the Big Ten needs to do to potentially get two playoff teams here this season, Michigan and Ohio State, that Penn State win that both of those teams would have needs to stay really good. And if Penn State lost for a second straight week after getting blown out by Michigan and then losing to an unranked Minnesota team, that would have put Penn State on the border of even being ranked. Now instead, they're still firmly in that top 25, going to have a matchup against an Ohio State team this weekend that still is going to look good on the Buckeye resume. And then you serve your purpose, if you're thinking of it in this way. Penn State serves its purpose of being a quality win for both Michigan and Ohio State. If Minnesota wins that game, Penn State's going into this game against Ohio State barely ranked, and not that the Buckeyes need any sort of proving wins, but the point being that you want that win to be as good as possible with the landscape that the Big Ten is in right now. When you're looking at a point where you have three, four teams that are at the very top and then everybody else way behind, 
you want those three, four teams to stay at the very, very top. You don't want Penn State slipping up to anyone except for Michigan and Ohio State. Because that's what keeps the Big Ten's resumes the strongest. So as far as keeping the power balance where it needs to be for the Big Ten, this was one where you were rooting for Penn State. And the Nittany Lions just poured it on and made it look convincing, which is great, perfect, exactly what the doctor ordered. If you're, of course, as just about everyone who listens probably is, just a fan of one school, you probably don't care who wins between Minnesota and Penn State in that game, and you may have been even rooting for the Gophers in that one. I'm not sure who would have been the popular pick in that matchup. But anywho, as it stands right now, that Penn State win that Michigan has and Ohio State would presumably have if it wants to go to the college football playoff with Michigan. That win is still good. It's still quality. It is not losing value again this week with another loss. That's the big part of it. That's what really, really matters when you're talking like Big Ten, way, way helicopter look at it picture. That's what's most important. One of the other big games from over the weekend, Wisconsin, Purdue, the Badgers pull off what wasn't an upset if you ask Vegas, but still Wisconsin gets the win and looks pretty good doing it. I'll go over what it was that made Wisconsin look so good early and often against the Boilermakers here on Locked On Big Ten. Before we get into any of that, though, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the same new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be who we just talked about. Over there at Penn State, Sean Clifford, 295, four touchdowns, and a 45-point offensive performance after getting absolutely destroyed. A week before by the Michigan defense, he comes out and destroys the Minnesota defense to the tune of that 45. That's, again, the thrilling moment of the week in college football brought to you by Nissan. Other game from the weekend I wanted to make sure we got in-depth on here to start the week. Wisconsin and Purdue. An interesting, interesting matchup because, one, we went into this game with Wisconsin as the favorites. We talked to Ryan Herrings last week. He didn't know why Wisconsin was the favorite in this matchup. But the Badgers come in, get the win against the Boilermakers, and do it kind of in the same way that Penn State did against Minnesota in a really convincing fashion. I mean, Wisconsin just dealt a blow right off the bat to Purdue that the Boilermakers never really recovered from. I mean, when you look just at the game script and what happened here, you start out with a touchdown for Wisconsin, then you have the interception return for a touchdown on the first drive from Purdue. Then you have on the next drive a missed 26-yard field goal from Purdue to get not their first points on the board anymore. And then Wisconsin goes back and charges and scores for a third time. That's 21-0 after not even three offensive drives for the Badgers. So that's not the best. Purdue manages the field goal, but then right after halftime, say, hey, maybe Jeff Brom has some sort of big halftime speech to get the Boilermakers back into this thing. No, not quite. Purdue comes out, throws an interception, and then Wisconsin marches back and makes it 28-3. to When you look at it that way, the fact that this was only an 11-point margin at the end is kind of remarkable. 
I mean, Purdue should have lost this game by a ton, a ton, like 20, 25 points. But uh, I guess you can give him credit for climbing back. Aiden O'Connell was not great. Uh, Graham Mertz was really good. 203 and two touchdowns. O'Connell had three picks. Braylon Allen, 16 for 113 yards and a score. Isaac Garindo, and I hope I'm saying that right, 7 for 72 yards and a touchdown on the ground as well. Running backs were good for Wisconsin as always. Graham Mertz was good for Wisconsin. And I think we got maybe a little bit of a glimpse of, okay, what can this Wisconsin team do if Graham Mertz is at least functioning a little bit, uh, I, I guess, acceptably at this point? Because he had been pretty unacceptable at this point, up to this point. Again, 20, I actually don't know what the final completions were on, and we can get that in a second. But Purdue just couldn't find a way to get back into it. After falling down so big, I guess you can't blame them. But it was a really, really ugly way to just stumble and fall on your face out of the gate. And when you do that against the Wisconsin team, I mean, even if it is this year's Wisconsin team, just the way that they play the football game, going down 21-3 to and then 28-3 to is just not something you're going to be able to come back from against hardly anyone when it's in that second half. But not really against Wisconsin with the way that they can slow down the game, especially. It was just ugly. It was one where I wish, it, again, like, I wish Tanner Morgan had played for Minnesota. I wish this game was just a little bit closer off the bat. I wish it hadn't been so much off right off the kickoff for Wisconsin, because I think that Purdue kind of has firepower to fight back. I mean, again, it only ended up being a 35-24 final, but it was just not not ever that close, ever. As for the Badgers, they now have some offense going for them, which is kind of weird. Last three games, 42, 28, and 35 points. The defense has helped there. But could this offense be starting to look at least a little bit better? And if it is, like, what does that mean for how good Wisconsin can be? They're a team that's sitting there with three Big Ten losses as well. So it's not looking like they can really get back into this race in the West without some help. But as far as just like, okay, we're getting to the end of the season and the games that Wisconsin fans care about the most, Wisconsin could be starting to at least look a little bit better here on offense, which is not something I thought I would be saying. I mean, give Coach Leonard as much credit as you want. This team was not looking like it could get to a point where it would score in three straight weeks. Again, 42, 28, and 35. On the other side, Purdue with the loss is still firmly in the conversation for the Big Ten West. That's only their second Big Ten loss, and they still have to play Illinois to try and get that tiebreaker against the Illini. So Purdue's still very much in it. It's themselves and Illinois who have control over the Big Ten West. Everyone else is just trying to pick up wins to try and claw back into it if those two slip up. So that's where things stand right now after the biggest games from around the Big Ten over the weekend. As we wrap things up on the show, I've got all sorts of other news from around the weekend in the Big Ten to tell you about here on the program as we get finished. Before we do any of that, though, Sweatblock is just a miracle product. If you're someone who's going out and going to work or just going out for a night on the town or just doing something where you think you might be a little bit sweatier than usual, going on a little bit of a jog and then immediately changing into those work clothes. Sometimes it just doesn't always work when you're going that quickly from one to another and getting yourself 
calmed down, dried out, and stuff like that. So if you're someone who is a little bit worried about maybe sweating through too much throughout a, a hot day or just want to make sure that you're safe, you can go over to Sweatblock and get their wipes that you use to just make sure you get through the day without having to worry about any of that sweat that can just be embarrassing and tough to look at if you're someone who's trying to be professional. So head on over to sweatblock.com and see what I'm talking about. This stuff really works. It keeps your underarms dry the entire day. It's sweatblock.com and the code locked on to get 20% off your order at sweatblock.com. Product is also available on Amazon. Wrapping things up on the show, I've got a long list of things to get to before we wrap things up. So let's dive right in. Biggest news from over the weekend, the Big Ten is staying with divisions for next season. It will, at least it looks like, wait until at least USC and UCLA get into the Big Ten to decide to restructure things. I think that's foolish. I don't think there's any reason to keep divisions here right now. I'd say even if it's for only the one year and then you have to change something else to get USC and UCLA in there involved, then do it. There's no point in having this Big Ten West right now have a team that could potentially spoil the Big Ten's chances at the college football playoff. Because as it stands, even if Illinois or Purdue are in that spot in the Big Ten, the two teams that are controlling things right now, neither of those teams are going to the playoff. Illinois, I guess, could end up as a one-loss team in the Big Ten championship game, and if it wins, maybe have an argument. But that doesn't seem likely to me. And I just really, really would much rather have the safety of saying, hey, let's get Ohio State and Michigan in this Big Ten title game or get Ohio State and Penn State in this Big Ten title game. It, make it so it's not the Michigan and Iowa that it was last season, where if Michigan loses that game, there's no Big Ten teams in the playoff. I'm not going to touch too much more on this because I feel like we've spent plenty of time explaining something that's pretty simple. The West is bad. Let's just get rid of the division overall. So... For the Big Ten to keep it for another year just doesn't seem right to me. Uh, in other news, some weird quotes coming out of Michigan after and leading up to some games. Uh, Coach Jim Harbaugh spoke after what Coach James Franklin said in the Michigan-Penn State game about the issue with the tunnel. You may remember only one tunnel. There was some jarring going on back and forth between the two teams at halftime as they were going into it. Uh, Harbaugh decided to just stoke the flames for some reason. He said, quote, I've got bigger fish to fry than Coach Franklin's opinion on our tunnel a week ago. Such a sophomoric ploy to keep us out of our own locker room. Looked like he was the ringleader of all of it. Interesting words from Coach Harbaugh. Plenty, to, plenty of for you to take in. I'm not going to give you my analysis on that. You can go ahead and decipher that however you like. And then Donovan Edwards. Opening up his mouth leading up to the Michigan State game here, he was quoted here early this week on Monday saying, quote, we're going to win and leave them no mercy. Big words from the running back for Michigan who has not beaten Michigan State in a couple of years. The Spartan fans are happy to remind people. Another news involving actually Michigan, not so good news on the football front. Michigan tight end Eric All, who has been out for a little while, he is now officially out for the season. Wolverines will have to worry about filling his shoes now for the rest of the year as they have been so far. But of course, Michigan's looked pretty good so far. Northwestern football has added a team to the next season schedule. UTEP will face off against the Wildcats in 2023. 
Uh, in other Big Ten news, the women's soccer Big Ten tournament bracket is out. Top four seeds are Michigan State, Northwestern, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. And in Big Ten football honors, Sean Clifford, we mentioned him already a couple of times, your Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week with his 295 and four touchdowns against Minnesota. Defensive Player of the Week is John Torchio. He had two interceptions for the Badgers against Purdue. From yesterday on the Big Ten schedule, it was a big Sunday in Big Ten sports. In women's soccer, a couple of top 25 matchups. Number 13, Northwestern defeated number 17, Ohio State, 2-0. Number 6, Michigan State beat number 14, Rutgers, 1-0 in women's soccer, too. On the volleyball court, Wisconsin, the number 5 team in the country, defeated number 25, Michigan, 3 sets to 1. And in field hockey, a top 10 battle. Number six, Michigan at home, beat number eight, Iowa, final score, one to nothing. And a couple of football recruits from over the weekend. We had on Saturday, four-star athlete Malachi Coleman committed to Nebraska, number 80 recruit in the class of 2023. Big get for the Cornhuskers, and he clocks in at 6'5", 2052. So a big guy. We'll see where Nebraska decides to use him. And also three-star safety, Sabor Kareem has committed to Illinois. He stands at 6'3", 180. Both those commitments came over in on Saturday. That's a look at everything that's gone on in the Big Ten over the weekend. A whole lot around not just football for us to go over there at the end. We'll be talking, of course, more football here on tomorrow's program. We've got new polls to get into, more games from over the weekend to break down. It's all coming here on Locked On at Big Ten tomorrow. Until then, I'm Nate Dickinson. You've been tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. Be sure to tune in wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube at Locked On Big Ten. That's one zero at the end, not T-E-N. It's the same thing on Twitter, and I'm at Nate with Sports on Twitter. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked On Big Ten.